Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm JT Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 7-1 and one after losing to Xavier <laughs> in the Crosstown shootout, 79-84. to 84. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? I see you shaking your head already. Bruh, like, all right, me as a media person and me as a fan, you got to separate, right? Okay. It's like, man, just can't beat Xavier at Xavier. Um it's crazy, man. You know, Dan, Simas, CJ shoot two for 20 from three. It's not ideal. You lose about five points. Oliveri go six from eight from three. Uh, man, it's it's rough. Vic didn't have a game that I, I – he finished with a solid stat line, but he didn't have a game that I wanted him to have. I agree. Um, I mean, if you look at the stat line when I watching the game – you know, 17 and 8, I want to say. I only had 17. Didn't have a strong first half. Uh, Jizzle James, man, played like a grown man. And, you know, reason why the Bearcats had a chance, especially early. So it, it just was, you know, John Newman played well as well. But um, I thought he played real, real good. And, but um, I didn't, Vic didn't play as good as I expected. And I, you know, CJ not, I mean, he went over in that game. Him being a Cincinnati kid, I just didn't expect that from him. I know CMOS was, com- was coming from, you know, the car accident. You know, him going one for nine, I didn't expect that as well. And then Dan um, having that type of game, I didn't expect. You know, I know sometimes, you know, everybody won't be clicking. It's, it's a tough game, but I didn't expect all of them to have not the half subpar game. So that that's where I look at it. I'm not even lo- looking at Xavier more so. I think we're the more talented team. It doesn't matter in this in that rivalry, but it just it sucks because it seems like when Xavier doesn't have the team that's up to par, they're always on top. You know what I mean? And it don't matter who the coach is right lately, like at least the last 15 years, it seems like if Xavier's not as good, they're still going to compete. They're still going to make it close. And if we're the better team, it's still like we're still always on our, on our heels. And it's just like it's just something I don't know, man. It's, it's just a weird thing, super weird thing. And if you'd have told me that those three were going to go two for 20 before the game. Um, I would I would have told you you're lying. And but it happened. You know, JT, it, it was interesting because Sean Miller looks like he kind of shrunk his bench a little bit. And he, you know, kind of went with, hey, I'm going with these certain guys. Yeah, you look at the opposite of that. The Bearcats' strength is the depth. Yeah, but it's not a strength when your depth doesn't give you anything. Yeah, and to your point, JT, when you get you know Dan and Cmos and CJ, three of the guys who, I mean, even on the worst night, don't have four points between the three of them. Yeah. So yeah. I was I was just disappointed in that. For sure. Same, same. And I love them all. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm a big, super big Dan Skillings fan. But if you told me he was going to have, what, two and six against Xavier, I would have been like, nah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that that hurt, man. It really hurts because, I mean, this was a team. Xavier was reeling, lost three in a row. And then, of course, you see the elixir for them. And it sucks, man. Like it just really does. And that's just like kind of a mixture of fan and media person mixture. Um, but it was just one of those games where it's just like, man, and that's how like you said, like, I feel like I, I know I said they could win by double digits. I still, I, I felt that way. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just me talking. It was just like, if the Bearcats played a solid game, I feel like they were that much better than them, but I knew it was going to be a grinder. 
just because it's Xavier. And just like if it's if the shoe's on the other foot, the games are just normally more, more, more spaced out if it's the opposite. You know what I mean? So it's just like, ah, so that's that's where I'll end it on that one. And, and you know, JT, real quick on your guy Dan Skillings, you know, I think this is the the maturation process of Dan Skillings in that we've seen him have, you know, big time games. And then this is a game in the Xavier game where he still has a ways to go. Yeah. We've seen his potential. We know what he's capable of. But that Xavier game was a mental game. And he still just isn't all the way there yet from understanding how to finesse through those type of games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 100%. I mean, it's, it's a process. Um, you see the talent and just, you know, that he doesn't have a good game. And that, it, he's one of those guys that you're going to have to depend on when when need be because he can do a lot of good things. And it's just a growing process. And hopefully he learns from this and keeps pushing. Because, I mean, I think he has, you know, sky's the limit for that young man. But it's just like, man, when he, he doesn't – when he has a game like that, it's just like, oh, it's, it's rough. Um, <laughs> even more so than, you know, CJ. CJ's a pure shooter and him not hitting anything is – mind-boggling um but i feel like dan he can do so much more so it's like for him to have i guess it's you know with, with great great power comes great responsibility that's kind of where where i am with dan i know he's not a finished product but he's so talented you kind of have to hold him to a higher um you know a higher benchmark per se i, I agree yeah Neil, your thoughts yeah, overall, I mean, we talk about it. I didn't think Vic had the best first half. Obviously, he just had two points, and I think that was something they were trying to get going early was Victor locking inside, and I thought Xavier was doing a great job at eliminating him early. But overall, when Vic got cooking in the second half, he had 15 points in the second half. They found him early. That 10-0 run to start the second half was a huge momentum changer. But overall, I really liked on the defensive side of how John Newman – eliminated Desmond Claude out of the picture. I mean, they held him to arguably his worst shooting performance of the season, five for 15 with just 11 points. But that's when Quincy Oliveri stepped up. And I mean, second half, first half, I believe he only had seven points. Second half, he just went crazy. Uh, five for five from behind the arc, 20 second half points. Uh, Coach Miller even hit on it after the game that he wishes John Newman could have defended both of them, uh, Desmond Claude and Quincy Oliveri. Uh, he was happy about John Newman's performance, though. He did call it his best Bearcat performance of his career. So, overall, I thought John Newman had a tremendous game. But, overall, you wish the Bearcats would have found some momentum early. As JT mentioned, Seamus uh, Lukosha, Stan Skillings, and CJ Frederick only combined for, I believe it was five points. So, five points between those three guys. And we talk about a team whose strength is their depth. Five points in a game like that is not going to get you far. Unfortunately, it's not. And in an environment like that, it, you got to have more production on that aspect. I know Seamus uh, Lukosius was coming off the car uh, accident, but two for two for 20 or as JT mentioned, three for 20. It's not not going to get you anywhere where you want to go, especially on them road environments. But overall, I wish I wish we would have seen a little bit more out of Aziz on the offensive side of things. I mean, there was a couple times where. They tried to throw the lob, and they just couldn't finish it. It was just not there. I mean, one possession that stands out to me personally when you're thinking about that could have been the momentum changer is early in the second half when C.J. Frederick had the had the oop was open, but the ball slipped out of his hands in the process, and then it went off the backboard. Xavier took it down in transition and led to a three from Oliveri. So overall, I thought they did a I thought Xavier did a great job at eliminating Victor Locken early, but a big standout for Jizzle James because if Jizzle James doesn't go on that run there in the first quarter with how the Bearcats were shooting the ball, it, it was danger zone. And it really was because the, the fresh true freshman sparked a seven point run at one point And that kind of willed the Bearcats back into that. So I thought Jizzle James had his best performance of his career, but overall, I think the Bearcats just got to find a way to get over that hump there. They got to find some way to get the production going on the offensive side from them. Cause you talk about C.J. Fredericks. This is C.J. Frederick who has been able to light up Fifth Third Arena from behind the arc in games at home this season. But on the road, he has yet to make a shot from behind the arc. He went 0-4 for 4 at Xavier, and I believe he went 0-4 for 4 at Howard. So he is still looking for his first road points of the 2023-2024 season. So that's something huge to get a 
keep an eye on. But overall, the Bearcats know they have a quick a quick turnaround on this one. Obviously, heading into Bryant, and then you have another true rivalry game basically in Dayton. So it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see how they come and respond after that loss to Xavier. And it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a fun week. Now, you know, one thing that I noticed, Neil, um, and we're talking about Vic a lot here. This is the the Xavier game here. This is the the first game since the NKU game where I've actually seen Vic. They, they've made him uncomfortable mm. on the court, right? Like, didn't you feel like the NKU game? Like, Vic looks super uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even in the even in the Xavier game, like he banked in one shot, and it was just super awkward. And I'm not sure what Sean Miller – we got to make sure during this podcast we say Sean Miller or Wes Miller because you say Coach Miller. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> so I, I don't know what Sean Miller and his staff scouted in making him uncomfortable. And hopefully, you know, Wes Miller can identify that and make sure that he doesn't get in those particular positions, you know, moving forward to the to the BYU game, which is the first Big 12 game. But yeah, I just thought he, I just thought he was uncomfortable. And, and, the, and if you look at the stat line – it's a little bit – it's misleading. Yeah, yeah. And, and another thing, too, with, uh, you know, with C.J. Frederick, um, gosh, I, I tell you, <laughs> J.T. Neal, the, the more and more I watch basketball and, and do these podcasts, I think the less and less I feel like I know about the game because, <laughs> you know, I'm saying C.J. was my guy to watch, and yeah. he just was not a factor. And I, I – I, I looked at several things, you know, going into that game. I said, here's a hometown kid. Of all the kids that get it on the team, it's CJ. Yeah. Secondly, we've always struggled shooting at Centos, which it continues. Yeah. I thought here's a guy that can break that streak, but um, you know, zero points. I I, I was I was shocked by that. Um, you know, here here's the other thing. I, I want to say this about the, the Centos Center. I've heard from many players that have played there, not just UC players, but other uh, basketball players that have played at CentOS on how difficult it is to play in that arena between the backdrop, uh, the fan base. If you go back and you look at Xavier's attendance, I mean, it doesn't matter who they play. It's it's There's a lot of people, and it always looks packed. Not to say Fifth Third Arena is not like that, but – they do have a very unique home court advantage. Um, and, and here's the other thing. We can sit here, fellas, and analyze, like, leading up to this game as much as we want. You could you could say, hey, UC didn't play good enough competition going into this game, you know, blah, blah, blah. You could say all you want. It, it just doesn't matter, I think, in this game. Xavier goes 22 of 26 from the free throw line. Uh, Quincy go get six three pointers. Yeah, um, six of eight. Six of eight. What's the one? The one young man, McKnight, makes two threes. He has made two threes all year. Yeah, yeah. He was a fifteen percent three point shooter heading into this one, and then he goes off. Yeah, you know, but, it's, I don't know, man. Then we shoot sixty two point five percent from the free throw line. Twenty one point seven from the three. And JT, we did. I was thinking about you during the game. But I was so pissed off, man. I turned my phone off. I, I didn't even want to. I knew where this game was headed, but I thought about you when I felt like we took so many out of rhythm shots. That yeah. Were, you know, and you said, let's not do that. And they that's were doing it. that, JT. That's it. Yep. That's the thing. It was like out of rhythm, out of flow. Like, and I was like at my aunt's uh, birthday party checking in. So then I was getting texts. Then I was watching a little bit. And I'm like, this is not. This ain't good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I could tell. Even when they made the run, I was like, all right, it's good. They, they look a little bit better. But I was like, it, at Xavier, you can't have those lows. And I'm not saying, like, you're not, you know, where you're just on fire, like, against Georgia Tech. But you can't have those lows where you're shooting bad shots and you're not looking comfortable. Like, that place, you have to get comfortable. Otherwise, it's not going to go well for you. You know what I mean? And that's what, that's what happened. I mean – yeah, it, it, it's crazy, man. It's, it's one of those places, man. And just like the teams, it's not not the diss to Xavier. You know what I mean? It's just like if you go player for player, you see is better than them this year. So it's just so that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, but like you said, like I said, it doesn't matter. But it's just it was certain things I knew. It doesn't matter that the UC didn't play that many role games and stuff like that. Honestly, to me, 
it's just that game is always going to be crazy. I've seen when you see play uh, a gauntlet and go there and it's still a struggle. You know what I'm saying? No question. We go in there. We've been in there with veteran teams. Yeah. And have struggled. Yep. I mean, Troy Copain at point. Yeah. Clark, Gary Clark, like yeah. Jacob Evans. And struggle. Yeah. Struggle. We were down like 15 in no time with that team. You know what it is? I honestly think. I think there's a curse. We need, to, we need to figure it out. There's a curse. It's got to be, man. It's got to be like a buried jersey under the floor or something. Like, it's something. Some voodoo stuff, man. I'm telling you. Whatever, whatever curse that New Orleans got on uh, Zion's weight, <laughs> they, got on, they got on the Bearcats at Centos. I think Zion's issue self-inflicted. He's a devil. Yeah, he is. I just wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to throw in that. <laughs> I mean, beignets. <laughs> Too yep. much. We gotta figure out. We gotta figure out what that what that curse because you know for years the Bengals curse was the Barry Sanders uh and Bo Jackson Bo Jackson oh, sorry, Bo ja I said Barry Sanders Bo Jackson thing for years right that's what everybody yep. always says so there, there's got to be some curse I mean since 2001 is that right Man, yeah that's just that to me I was telling my mom I said mom we haven't won there since 2001 this is five losses in a row she was like. There's that's gotta be because we went in with all kind of different teams. We've went in playing all kind of different games prior to same yeah. result. Same, same result. Same result. It's always shaky. We all, they all they always they always get ahead early. Mm -hmm. Always get ahead early. Like we, I, I can't remember any time that you see like, at Xavier has had like a seven eight point lead in the first ten minutes of the game. Right. I can't like if you pull that up. Somebody like anybody that's in this pull that up. Y'all can message me, uh, prove me wrong. But I feel like in the last twelve years, there's no way, there's no way that that Bearcats have had a seven to eight point lead in the first ten minutes of that game. I can't, I can't remember at Centos. No way. Hell, that they might have even had that in, at, at uh, Fifth Third. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I've got two, and I do want to say some positives. Um, for sure. About this game. And, and listen, my concern going into this season was Jizzle and Day Day and their kind of learning as they go. Yeah. I, I Day Day is way ahead of schedule to me. Yeah. Uh, Jizzle show. What I loved about how Jizzle played is he did not have any fear in yep. that game. It was like, I'm not from here. Like he obviously he gets it to rivalry, but he was like, I, I don't care. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think those were two extremely bright spots. And, and I tell you what, man, sky's the limit for those two guys, especially just thinking we're gonna have both of them back next year. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Because Jizzle, man, he came in, he was like, all right, F it. <laughs> like we gonna go, we gonna we gonna see what's going on. Like, like y'all playing basketball here. All right, let's go. No, he's getting to the hoop with ease, getting downhill and attacking. I think nine of the thirteen he had in the first half were literally right there at the rim. Damn! Yeah, and just, and just think if Day Day doesn't get get into foul trouble, I almost wonder could West run Day Day and Jizzle at the same time in a game like that because they were giving them, yeah. you know, what I'm saying just to yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like if you think about it, like hindsight twenty twenty, right? If he's not in foul trouble, um. I, they were the they were the ones the bright spots at the guard spot you know I mean if you count you know John Newman's a guard forward per se in, in this offense or this scheme so I mean he I mean honestly I think that would have been something he has to look at when they have the availability availability you know in foul trouble to, to look at that because Jizzle is showing that he's not scared and as long as he's not turning the ball over or doing anything crazy I mean. Which he he's done way way better from early in the season, yeah. you know. I mean, I think he's only going to get better. Both of them. I think you have to explore seeing them play a few minutes together at times. No, no question. And I think that's going to be matchup problems for some teams in the Big Twelve. And this, and if we look at one more positive from this game, and I'm going to take a negative into a positive, and that is. Now this Bearcat basketball team has some film to really break down. And, and Wes has some extremely good teaching moments, yeah, right? It's like, I sure. don't even, right? I think I think some of the guys probably looked at Howard's game as like, 
All right, man. That that is what it is. But yeah. the Xavier game, you can't say ah, it is what it is. No. Nah. You know, like you have to really break that film down and and analyze that and get better from that. For sure. And then um to ask the um to add on to that is like the fans. Cause I know we're not gonna talk about it as a topic, but the fans, the season isn't over. Like I understand everybody's mad that you see lost to Xavier, coaches, players, you know, people that are fans are pissed right but at the same time dude we're in a big 12 now they're going to get a hell of a lot of chance at a lot of quadrant one and quadrant two wins so people have to pump their brakes and just let this process play out you know yeah. what i mean because they'll have a lot better win they could they got a chance at a lot better wins than xavier this year and that's not discrediting in the game because the game means a lot and i'm like as a fan i get pissed every time we lose to xavier so um, I'm not trying to just throw it under the rug, but this isn't the AAC. We're not, you know, we, you know, last year they only had like what three quadrant ch- one chances or four, but yep. Memphis and Houston twice. So that that's not this year. So the Bearcat fans have to calm down. Be you could have a right to be pissed, but they need to give themselves 24 hours and soak and understand that they got a hell of a lot better schedule coming up in January. So they got to they got to chill and just roll with the waves or roll with the roller coaster per se. Yeah. And and the one thing that does concern me from this game, and I, I've been kind of preaching this probably not enough on the podcast is we have to have to improve defensively. Mm-hmm. We have to turn people over more. Mm-hmm. Think about this coming into this game, Xavier, the last two games have had 17 plus turnovers. Yeah. And then against all <laughs> They only have eight turnovers. That's, yeah. that's not good enough, right? I don't think we're turning over teams enough. Yeah. Especially when you got quick guards, you got length, John Newman, Dan. We've yeah. got, you know what I'm saying? That leads to easy buckets. That For leads sure. to momentum. Pixel runs, other teams call them timeout. You know what I'm saying, JT? Yeah, for sure. 100%, man. Um, against them, because we're, I'm just, they're super athletic. And you can gamble more when you got Vic and the C's back there. So it's like, all right, look, all right. Now, if you keep gambling and missing, Wes is probably going to cuss you out. (laughs) But you know what I mean? But if you gamble three times and you get two of them, you're going to get cussed out a little bit. But he's going to be like, get it. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to lead to dunks and easy threes. So you you got to, man. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's just it's wild. You would never have thought, but it's stuff like that happens. Like when you when with the script of Xavier, it's like anything can happen, which sucks. And it, and it happened on Saturday. Yep. So it just seems like a broken record, but yep. hey, well, I'm, I'm gonna feel the same way next year. I feel like we're gonna go in and beat them. You know, I don't you never know how it's gonna go, but I'm I'm always positive that the Bearcats win. Now, the Bearcats take on Bryant tonight at 7 p.m. in Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? All right. So this one, I can go a lot of different ways just because of how Xavier went. But this one, I'm going with, I'm sound like a broken record, I'm going with Victor Locken again. And the reason why is because he didn't have – he looked uncomfortable, like yep. you know what I mean, against against Xavier. So I want to see him look more stable. You know, he shot one for seven from three against Xavier. And maybe if he doesn't shoot that many threes, that's cool. But I'm, I feel like he's going to have a lot more – I want to see him have a lot more steady game, you know, against Xavier – I mean, against uh, Bryant before we go into UD. I, I agree with that. Remember, and Vic had the one air ball at the top of the key. Yeah. And I'm like – Man, man, it's that it's that arena, man. It, it, I'm telling, man, they might. I think they probably move the rim. They got like some kind of like button they hit when you see shoots and it moves. Might be, man. Oh, man. It's something. Are they like it, it adjusts? It's like got a hydraulic on there or something. <laughs> <laughs> on the, and, it, and it only works on whatever hat, whatever rim they on. You know what I mean? Like, Seriously. like it's yeah. something, something's going. We need to do a full investigation and documentary. Yeah, they got some like dude that's like looks like Doink the Clown somewhere with a uh with an old school like Sega Genesis controller and he's just like changing stuff when the balls in the air. Man. I'm telling you, man, I don't know what it is. Something, man. 
Yeah. So, Neil, who do we need to watch out for from Bryant? Yeah, so Bryant is the team that really likes to get out and run and push the tempo. And anybody who has watched Bryant has saw that. We saw it on Saturday night when they defeated number 10 FAU 61-52. to So they have their big quad one win versus top-ranked opponent in Florida Atlantic University. But overall for Bryant, it starts with two guys. And it all kind of revolves around Earl Timberlake, who is a junior forward. He averages 12 points, nine rebounds, and four assists for the Bulldogs. But he's also had five-plus games or five games on this season with double-digit rebounds. So you think about that, that's a guy who loves to utilize his size and get inside and attack the glass. But uh, for Bryant, they don't really have a guy over six foot nine. So that's the Bearcats will have the size advantage, but they'll have to find a way to keep Earl Timberlake out of the fold. And Earl Timberlake is actually, he's a guy who really stuffs the stat sheet. And thankfully for Wes Miller, he got to see him uh, before Timberlake transferred to Bryant. He was at Memphis beforehand for a season. So this is a guy Wes Miller saw in person twice during his first season at the University of Cincinnati before transferring to Bryant. But Timberlake has flirted with a triple-double twice already this season through the first 10 games of the season. So he's a 60% free throw shooter or field goal shooter. So he's a guy who can really do it all for the Bulldogs. And then you have point guard Sharif Gross Bullock, who's leading the team in scoring, averaging 16 points a game. And he's actually top 15 in the country in three-point attempts on the season. He's averaging nearly nine three-point attempts per game. So this is a guy where if he can get hot from beyond the arc, we saw what the Bear, it did to the Bearcats the other night when Quincy Oliveri got hot from behind the arc. So the Bearcats will have to find a way to keep him off the line and make him uh, beat them anywhere else from outside of behind the three-point line. So that's a matchup to watch. I know we get into that topic a little later, but I think John Newman is going to be a key impact player in how to eliminate a guy like Sharof Gross-Bullock for the Bulldogs. But overall, those are two big guys to watch. And they have the momentum riding high right now, especially after coming off a 61 to 52 win versus FAU over the weekend. Yeah, that was a that was a huge win for them. I mean, FAU's bringing back everyone from the Final Four team. Yeah, the majority of that team. So, and it was at their place. Yeah. Wow, that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. We can't sleep on this team now. Um, Neil, you have an off night from announcing or pronouncing pronunciating players names all right bryant doesn't have any wild ones i looked it up <laughs> so you're you're safe tonight okay i'm all safe you're safe the big o segment is sponsored by smart dog solutions all right for my player to watch you know i'm gonna step out on the limb and i'm gonna say my guy number 41 cmos so he has to have a breakout game soon. Yeah. And, and I know I know deep down he was really disappointed in how he played versus uh, Xavier. And we can make all the excuses we want. You know, he's had injuries uh, this season, the car accident. Um, but I, I just – I don't think he – I don't think he played well. I mean, even Wes, I think, talked about the, the, the defensive um, laps he had, I think, coming out of a timeout. Yeah. Yeah, the right? out-of-bounds situation where – Coach Miller told us in the press post-game press conference, he was like, hey, they're, they're going to run this box screen. Oliveri's going to come off the stagger. And see, he looked to CMOS, apparently, is what he said in the press uh, post-game press conference. And CMOS kind of nodded and was like, I see it. And then Oliveri gets separation and hits a huge three to shift some momentum there. So that was the play he was referencing. Yeah, and, and he's – listen, CMOS is a better player than what I think we've seen so far. We've seen glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. Bearcat fans have heard about it. I have seen it. I have seen him at practice in scrimmages go off. I know what he's capable of. And he, he just, you know, the, the, the kid has, he, he's such a nice kid. Um, he's got good positive energy, but we have to have him playing at a high level when we go to Big 12 play in order mm. for this team to be successful, JT. Yeah. Uh, and, and listen, we need to see him score. We need to see him distribute. I mean, just yeah. think when he was distributing when um, uh, Jizzle was going off. You yeah. know, he, he you know he took the ball a little bit to allow Jizzle to to kind of do his thing as well. Yeah. But but listen, I, I 
listen, I want to see him score more, get assists, get to the free throw line. Cause I think with his size and the way he moves, he's kind of got, he's got some Luca type movements. Yeah. Where his body, it looks slow and awkward at times, but it's very effective. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with CMOS. Now I, I, I text him tonight. I text him today. Okay. And uh, just to give him some positive, uh, you know, positive thoughts. So okay. hopefully, you know, that helps because, you know, at this level and even beyond, everybody can play. Yeah. Right. So it comes down to mental and confidence. True. Right. True. So I think the more positive, you know, reinforcement he can receive. And I, I told him, I'll, I'll be honest, in the text, I was telling him, man, I, I've seen you. I've seen you play. I know you can play. I know there are games you're going to be the leading scorer on this basketball team. And Brian's going to be the game you're going to do it. I'm positive in that. So hopefully that happens. And I know he's probably digging down uh, deep thinking about himself on what he needs to do better. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. You have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give local Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. They have been in your position and would love to help solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, look comfortable again. Uh, that, that's, I'm going to go with that. Sound like a broken record. Um, shooting, you know, in a solid rhythm, no bad shots. And they got to take Bryant very serious, so I think Protecting the ball, they have to have less turnovers than Bryant, and they have to, you know, like I said, not not look forced or rushed, and, and just get to their spots and get the shots they need to to get to look comfortable. I I, I agree with that one hundred percent, JT. Getting yeah. back to looking comfortable, I think that's yeah. a great. Now, Neil. Now, Bryant has lost some games by some pretty large. Um, I think Xavier they lost to Xavier by a lot. Right. So what do the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah, I think it all starts with creating turnovers. We talked about it earlier in the show. If we can get them to create turnovers and get to running, that's something Xavier did very well versus them was they got them flustered early, created some turnovers, and then they got got out to running. I mean, Xavier beat them by 30. It was 174, I believe. So 25, 26 point difference. But Xavier was able to handle them. The business pretty quickly so for the bearcats i mean they got to find a way to get inside early i mean you got to use the height advantage to your uh use the height advantage here to their limit because they're look, looking at the roster brian doesn't have anybody over six foot nine so this is a game where aziz bandego victor lock-in could re- odia guama could really step in and potentially this could be the game where aziz bandego has his best offensive night as a Bearcat in his early season because with the height advantage, he didn't live up to all the expectations for Savior. He finished with just three points. I mean, you thought after how that first couple minutes went there, especially after that jump ball early, like Aziz, you could sense like Aziz is starting to get the feeling of what that rivalry in that environment was. But overall, I think this is a game where the Bearcat size is going to be influential on how this outcome goes. So if they can win the glass and win it by – a big difference. This is a game where they can just easily put Bryant away, build some momentum, and especially heading into Dayton, you're going to have to have an all-around performance. You're going to have to limit your turnovers offensively, and overall, just put all the pieces together. Uh, especially heading into Dayton, Dayton's on a roll right now too. So if you can get this win here tonight at Fifth Third Arena over Bryant, silence their momentum, and then build your own heading into Dayton, you're in great hands. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Yeah, and, and Neil, I, I agree with you. I think uh, you know defensively, it's going to be so very, very important for this Bearcat team to, to to heat up Bryant. And like I've said, and I'm going to keep saying this until we do it, we need to turn over the other team 
at a high level, higher level than what we've been doing. And listen, I think another thing that's going to be key to this game is getting our crowd into it because, and not, not that our crowd doesn't get into it, but obviously coming off that Xavier game, fans are going to want to see a big W. So that means we're going to get out, knock down some threes, get some slam dunks, get, get that kind of that, that swag back going. So that's going to happen if we turn, uh, turn the other team over, right? Use our length, use our speed. Um, now, this is very important that we respond in a major way in this Bryant game coming off of the Xavier game. Because you look at Xavier, you know, they're going off of, what, three losses prior to the shootout. So it was very important how they responded. They didn't get down in the dumps when it came to the Crosstown shootout. So we need to not get down in the dumps. And like, JT, you were saying earlier, so many important games coming down the road that we need to be ready for. And we have to take – and I truly believe that we have to take every single game, no matter who we play. I know we've got some some games coming up against, like, Stetson and Merriman and teams like that. There, there, there are – I think I think those are games we're going to win, obviously. Hopefully we win by a large margin. But there's, there's small victories within those games that we have to find, right? So improving defensively tonight versus Brian. If – Maybe that next game against who? Who do we play next, uh, Neil? After Dayton, is it like Merriman or American? Merrimack, Stetson, and then Evansville before you kick off Big Twelve conference play. So I, the, all those games are opportunities to get better within certain areas that this team needs to improve on, right? So all that, all this, uh, I guess, non-conference schedule leading into the Big Twelve is very important for finding, you know, the rotation that West is going to have, because listen, that, that rotation is going to start to shrink up a little bit when we get yeah. to 12th play, right, JT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, because normally it's a solid nine, but it could go down to eight. It could be a, depending on the matchup, it could go back up to nine. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that could change a little bit. So it's, it's definitely important. And these guys, they pretty much have five more games to showcase what they can do. Yeah. And, and get in that rotation and show that, you know, hey, when when we are at Baylor and things get tough, I can get in there and I can get a rebound. I can take a charge. Yeah. I can get a bucket. I can get to the free throw line, make the free throw. So these all these games are super important for the, the bigger picture of the entire schedule for the entire season and helping this team get to the NCAA tournament and hopefully making a good run in the NCAA yeah. tournament. The Kenyon segment Keys to the Game was sponsored by Greg Hood and at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. So my hot topic for tonight, fellas, and this is a good segue from what I was just talking about, and that is the next five games that we have on the schedule. What is your prediction for the next five games, and what would you like to see out of those games before we start Big 12 play? JT, let's start with you. So next five games, prediction. That's before we start Big 12 play. Hmm. All right, since we lost to Xavier, I would like the main game that I am looking at is the UD game now. So – not jumping the gun. So I would say winning that game is the most important thing outside of the outside of the Big 12 for me right now. Um, just because it's another top-level team. It's before Big 12 play. Give you some confidence going in uh, before that. And then, let's see, you said what the record would be or just more so like what, what else? Picture on the next five games. Man. 5-0. and Are we going 4-1? 5-0. 5-0. 5-0. I like it. What would yeah. you like to see? What so when they finish up this 5-0 run that you're talking about leading into the BYU game, what would you like for this to see for this team to be better at and be confident in going into Big 12 play? Okay. So I want I want to see better outside, more consistent outside shooting um going into the Big 12. That's going to be very key for them. And then um, more less lapses on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so like those are the two things I feel like they've been taking care of the ball pretty well so I think I want to see 
you know, I'm not saying they're always going to shoot 50% or 40% from three, but even on a bad night, I want them to be at 25 to 30% from three. You know, um, then that's a little bit better, especially with their inside play. And then um, stay consistent on the glass, which they have been. But I want to see just a little bit better defense on a consistent basis, plus the three-point ball um, being a little bit more um, dependable. Okay, Neil, same question for you. Yeah, I'm right there with JT. I think they have the, a great opportunity to go 5-0. and But the Dayton game is going to be a game that's going to draw a lot of attention, obviously. It's one of those games that's in a neutral, quote-unquote, neutral site, even though it is basically a home game as it is at Heritage Bank Center, which is literally two miles away from campus, roughly. So, overall, that's going to be a game that could really determine it. Obviously, Dayton is without one of their key players in Malachi Smith, who suffered a season-ending knee injury in the first game of the season. But the Bearcats have a great opportunity ahead of them. And if they can start it out here tonight versus Bryant, build some momentum, and get that win versus Dayton. I mean, we have to get one win versus a rival. I mean, we saw it last season where they couldn't – they lost to Ohio State last season, they lost to NKU, and they lost to Xavier. I don't think that's the case this year where they fall to every rival within a 150-mile radius. I think the Bearcats get the job done versus Dayton on Saturday, and I believe they'll go 5-0 and in that time span. But it will come down to the plays of C.J. Frederick, C.Moss Lukosius, the depth guys, John Newman – Dan Skillings, I really want to see how they progress. Those four in particularly play here the next four games heading in, or next five games, sorry, heading into conference play. If they can find a way to get those five going, obviously if you can get CJ and CMOS to build some momentum, find their groove, find their stride offensively, especially after rough shooting starts here in the last few games, if you can find them to get into a rhythm heading into conference play, I think it's a great opportunity for the Bearcats. But I do see them going, 5-0 and in the next five games, finishing conference play 12-1. and The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Yeah, I agree. 5-0, um, and that puts us at 12-1, and like you just said, Neil, going into BYU. And, 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 and why the Dayton game is so huge, it, it basically means that we, we've learned from the Xavier game, right? We've taken the things from the Xavier game that didn't go so well and we've made adjustments and I'm glad we've got a game in between leading into the Dayton game I'm glad the Dayton game's not too late in this whole five game run I'm glad it's earlier because that Xavier game will still be fresh on our mind it's like we got to come out and we got to we got to bust Dayton's ass plain and simple yeah and what I would like what I would like to see over the next uh, five games is I want to see John Newman continue to step up and just establish his leadership of this basketball team. You know, as I was watching that Xavier game, I said to my dad, John Newman's the leader of this team, you know, and and, and he might not, I don't don't know vocally maybe who it is. I don't know if it's John or whatever, but I, I think with his strength, his confidence this year, he's been around for a while. I think a lot of guys look to him. You agree with that, JT? Yeah, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. So I, I would like to see over this this five-game stretch for him to establish that even at a higher level, even more vocally, grabbing guys, you know, by the shirt. Come on, come on, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it yeah. up guys like CMOS when he's not playing well. And, you know, that's what that's what leaders do. Um, and and, and listen, I'm going to say this again. The Dayton game is huge. Now, listen, Dayton's a good team, even with that injury. Yeah. They're seven and two. I know the UNLV game got canceled because of the shooting at, at on campus, but um, they're seven two. They're they're a good basketball team. They've had some good games, um, and we're going to see how we respond to a hostile environment because UD UD's fan base. Have you guys ever been to a game at UD? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like especially covering a game in UD, you you could see it during TBT even. When we covered the TBT teams at Dayton, when Dayton made their run two years ago, the year Scoochie Smith went off in TBT, they packed in close to 9,000 people for a TBT game. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. People people in Dayton love the Dayton Flyers. For uh, sure. Right? So, you know, there are a lot of people that are from Dayton, live in Cincinnati, and they're going to be at the game. Yeah. So, 
it's going to be a hostile environment. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that UD's going to have more fans than us. Obviously, they'll probably be split um, evenly. Um, but it's just it's going to be important to see how we respond that game and how much we've learned from the Xavier game. And if we respond that way, um, I honestly think that going into the Big 12 play, 12 and one, we'll be in a better position to to make a good run. Because listen, fellas, look at that January schedule. That January schedule is a beast. Yeah, buddy. Oh, Starting man. off with four teams ranked in the top t- – five teams ranked in the top 25 in their six games. Woo-hoo! Man, it's, it's, it's going to get real fast. That's what – I keep trying to tell everybody. Like, I know people are pissed off, but they're going to have chance. You know what I mean? You, you know, yeah. you get first you go on a road, bam, BYU, right? Texas. Or BYU at home. Nope. BYU's at the road. It's BYU, Texas, Baylor, then TCU and Oklahoma, and then Kansas. Sheesh. Yeah. And and listen, we're going to have to sneak some games on the road, man. We're going to have to win some road games. Yeah. For sure. We're not going to win at Kansas, so we can just chalk that up. (laughs) (laughs) It's just. It's hard, man. There's nothing against the Bearcat team. It's just the way it is. Yeah. You don't win at Kansas. But sure. I think there are other places that we can sneak um, some W's. Can we sneak one at BYU? I think we can sneak one at BYU. They're good, though. They are. They are. We just have to be ready for that altitude, the time difference. Yeah. Um, you know, all that, all those factors, the whole travel thing going from one side of the world to the other and all that kind of stuff, so, right? So Yeah, that's two different time zones, too, that they cross for that game. Yep. Yeah, one time for that, right? Huh? Damn, mountain time for Utah, right? Is it a 10 yeah, p.m. game? 10 p.m. tip off. Is it 10 p.m.? Okay. Yeah, so that's, you know, the the Big 12's not. But this is what we wanted, though. Like, we, right? This is this what, is what gets the talent. This is what gets the talent. You're playing against the East teams. Like, you know, last year, it would have went like, okay, we lost to Xavier. And then we went into the AAC. All right. The sky would have been falling for real then. But, man. You ain't got no time to be think talking about the sky falling because you got some killers coming up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man. You can't run from them. <laughs> they there. No, no question about that, man. But this is, you know, we talk about the the, the Nike, the Jordan deal. We talk yep. about Big 12. You know, all those things <laughs> are important moving forward for this program because that gives us the visibility. It gives us the credibility get some of these recruits that West Miller needs to take this program to the next level. Like I saw somebody, a, um, um, a Bearcat fan when, um, UC posted the whole Nike Jordan thing going to 2000, was it 29 or something like that? 29. 29. And one of the fans was like, Oh, that's all fine and dandy, but we we just got to beat Xavier. Like who cares about that stuff? Let's beat Xavier. And what, what I would say to that person is, Sir, you have to understand the Nike and Jordan are important for getting recruits, getting that credibility and that visibility to get the type of recruits to beat teams like Xavier and others. It all goes hand in hand. Yeah. To say it's it's not about just stepping on the court and beating another basketball team. There's so many things that factor into just getting on the court. Um, so all those little things are important. 100% man I, I've been harping on that for years on how important it is for you know to get Nike Jordan back and for it to finally be fruition people can't gloss over that because it's gonna it's not I mean okay whereas everybody should be pissed about losing Xavier yes right but at the same time big picture the infrastructure is in the right in the right place. They just got to get a couple wins that make everybody a little bit more happy. It just, but it's going to be some losses in the Big Twelve too. So people can't cry. You know, let's say they just get like smacked around and look bad, real bad. But at the end of the day, you playing, you about to play some super competition. And people remember football. Everybody was complaining, not complaining, but talking about it's not the AAC no more. But Big Twelve. Football and Big Twelve and AAC football is more comparable to each other than AAC <laughs> basketball and Big Twelve basketball. Like it's no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's a, it's the best basketball league. 
It's essentially like getting dropped into the SEC in football or yep. Big Ten and back and Big Ten in football, essentially. Yep. Well, I'm excited to see what the Bearcats do here these next five games, and it starts tonight versus Bryant. The Twyman segment sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a local-owned company by former Bearcat student-athletes. They specialize in high-quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment, and pre- and post-construction cleans. We can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contacted online, visionarycleaners.com. Now, fellas, we have to tell Bearcat fans out there that this Thursday, we are starting our interview series presented by Meyer Windows, Doors, and more. Neil, can you talk about what's coming up on Thursday? Yeah, so this Thursday, we'll be releasing our first episode of our interview series presented by Meyer Windows and Doors and more, and we will have a very special guest in associate head coach Chad Dollar for a very special interview that you guys will not want to miss. So we'll be dropping that for you guys this Thursday, just in time ahead of the Dayton game. So be on the lookout and be ready for a great interview with associate head coach Chad Dollar. And, and what I what I love about interviews like this, JT, it gives Bearcat fans a chance to hear some of the inner workings of the program from somebody other than Wes Meller, who is the head. You know, it's yeah. like, Chad, Chad Dow is the next one in line, right? He's the next guy, and, and how important he is to this program. It's great to hear some of the things he had to say. Yeah, for sure, man. Real down-to-earth dude. You see why he recruits so well. Um, see why the staff recruits so well, just talking to him. And it was, it was a good good interview, and I think a lot of the Bearcat fans will like it a lot. Anybody that takes a listen to it, I think they'll like it for sure. Absolutely. Well, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 7, uh, 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And a reminder, we will be doing a live podcast at some point this season from Mio's. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online donahueaccountingservice.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Go Bearcats! Bearcats.